Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. And after 400 some odd shows, after six years of being a podcast, we have a theme song. Do you like it? Do you like it? We sing it around the office a lot. We are very excited to have like a legit theme song that you will now be hearing during our podcast. So we are very, very excited about that. I hope you love it as much as we do. Hey, just want to tell you about one of our partners that I adore, Causebox. Y'all may have heard me talk about it. Every product and brand in Causebox has a positive mission to give back and make the world better. Their fall box is awesome. Y'all know about these subscription boxes, right, that show up at your house and you open them. There's all sorts of fun stuff in there. In fact, the fall cause box came with $250 worth of sustainably made beautiful and useful products for less than $50. Now, listen, I know you've heard me say this, but it has a robe in it. I loved that full-size bathrobe so much. It's waffle knit. It is beautiful. And I am I am a fan. You know how we feel about robes around here. I am absolutely a fan. The bathrobe, or it also comes in towels if you like towels better. It's $90 by themselves. But my box also came with a bamboo serving set with tongs and a spatula and a cutting board that I've used a lot, a tea and fruit infuser tumbler, a set of 10 reusable face pads, and tons of other great products. It's actually crazy how much you get for less than $50 per box. And they're all the brands and products you can feel good about using. That is why I love telling you about Cosbox. And one of the best parts is getting them in the mail. You know, we open them, you get excited. There's lots of things in there. So y'all join the movement of women who care about brands they support and the products they use and get this for yourself or for someone you love. Go check out Causebox before their fall box sells out at causebox.com slash that sounds fun. And if you use the code that sounds fun, you get 20% off your first box. And I promise you, you're going to love it. Again, that's causebox.com slash that sounds fun and use the code that sounds fun to get 20% off. Today on the show is an old pal of mine. We went on a trip together a few years ago with a group over to Israel, and I've just enjoyed watching him and his life. My friend, Rashawn Copeland. Y'all, Rashawn is the founder of I'm So Blessed Daily and Without Walls Ministry, and he's a writer for Church Leaders, God TV, and the God's Not Dead blog. He hosts his own podcast, and he serves at Life Church on the YouVersion Bible app team with Pastor Craig Groeschel. He is one of my favorite people. His new book is called Start Where You Are, How God Meets You in Your Mess, Loves You Through It, and Leads You Out of It. I think y'all are going to love this conversation and love being friends with Rashawn Copeland. Okay, Rashawn, here we go. Andy, it's let's real. go. I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, years in the making. This has been needing to happen. Yes, I know. We're way overdue. We're was that so 2015 overdue. or 16? Okay, we went to Israel in 16, I think. Wow. That's Would that been, be that's right? What year did y'all get married? Uh, we got married 
2000. Matter of fact, it was right before I had met you, literally like a week. Yeah. You know, we were a week, a week into to marriage and I was fresh as a baby Christian as well. That was my yeah. first year in Christian, you know, as a follower of Christ. And yeah, I met my wife. It was just awesome. So you came to Israel the like right after you became a believer? Yeah, which was really wild. I'm like, how did this door just open? Like, God must have so much favor over my life. Well, you know the scripture that says, if you, he that finds a wife or the, you know, the man that finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. I think that's where the favor came in. Listen, Rashawn, you know me well. I need you to know that when I pray that verse, I'm like, hey, Lord. When he finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Let's go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, Let's go. Bring the dude. He needs some favor. Let's yeah. go. Amen. Okay. I want to. So tell me the story about you becoming a believer. Is that in your new book? Start where you are. Yes, it is in my book. It was a long it's time. after page 94 because I've gotten to page 94. So oh, really? <laughs> well, you're a fast reader. Awesome. Andy. But okay, tell me the story about becoming a believer. I would love to hear that. Awesome. Well, you know, it was a long journey for me. My parents, you know, weren't necessarily devoted. Uh, One, my mom was a Christian, quote unquote, but she was very lukewarm, sad to say, you know, grew up in the Baptist world. But my dad, on the other hand. In California? uh, No, actually, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Oklahoma, yeah. Law in Well, military family, we moved everywhere, but that was always home. And then my dad was... uh, a Muslim. And that, I don't know how that worked, but by the grace of God, he walked away from that. And, you know, so I didn't grow up in really a structural, you know, Christian home and things like that from a religious standpoint. But here what was what was amazing. There would be FCA uh, meetings that w- I would go into as an athlete. And I would spend this time with these devoted men of God. And it was just really nice to see how they live their lives, quote unquote. But of course, you know, I continued to be that achievement addict, you know, growing up because, you know, my fourth grade teacher told me to never pick up a pen and write again. And I held uh-huh. on to that for years. So I tried to prove a point to everybody all the time, trying to please all people. But here's where God humbled me because I started having this hedonist mentality, indulge myself, indulge myself, indulge myself and everything. I was a fun lover. And then I finally got to this point where it caught up to me. I was hanging out with this girl right? In high school, you know, I thought I had everything, you know, I needed. The sports were looking good. I had that scholarship to University of Nebraska. I was just missing that girl. But finally, I started dating one and we went to this park one night. This was the defining moment really quick that um, changed everything. I went to this park with this young lady and we're hanging out. Unbeknown to me, she had an ex-boyfriend that was from Chicago. He was from the hood. Okay. And he calls, brr, brr, her phone's ring, ringing. Me being that prideful, egotistical high school football player, future <laughs> college football star. Quote right, unquote, right. I snatch her phone as the phone ringing. And damn, that, that was so much pride. But I swipe right. Or, well, actually, it was sidekick. It was a sidekick. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, not quite right. Aging but, yourself, my friend. Yeah, yeah, you remember the sidekick days? That's right. <laughs> I love it, the Ravers. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I answer the phone, Annie, and uh, this guy comes on and we're arguing. We cursing each other out. Um, it didn't help that I was just listening to this rap song called Get Rich or Die Trying by 50 Cent. And I tell this guy unwisely where I was at that time, that I was in this park. 
And, you know, I hung up on them and we're getting back to what we was doing, fogging up the windows, you know, sure. that type of stuff. And then out of nowhere, a van pulls in, you know, and they park across the street. You know, not really across the street, but across the parking lot. They jump out. Five guys jump out of the car. I fearfully and pridefully get out of the car. My heart's beating out of my chest. My mind's everywhere. I'm anxious. It's all outdoor. I'm walking towards them. And, you know, they're walking towards me. All of a sudden, one guy reaches for his waistband. He grabs a pistol. He waves it in the air. And I'm scared out of my mind. I turn and I run. I slip and I fall. He stood over me. Boom. Boom. Two gunshots. I was just shot down. It was the scariest thing I had ever been through. The darkest night that I- And you're a high schooler? Yeah. It was um, high school. I was a high school student getting ready to go to college. My dreams, everything was shattered at that point. But here's where it goes, sister. Let me tell you. I got up running for my life because, you know, I didn't With think, two gunshots in your leg. Yeah, two gunshots <gasps> in my leg. And I didn't know fully at that point that I had been shot because the adrenaline was pumping. It was rushing. So I didn't know I actually was shot until I ran back by the car and I see the door was wide open on the passenger side and I dove over there because I didn't want them to finish me off as they were peeling out again. Er, I didn't want them to start shooting and dumping at me again, basically. So I dove at the left side of the car. I'm looking up in the the passenger door. The girl's gone at this point. My teeth are grinding. I'm like, what's happening? I'm looking around. It's so dark. My parents aren't there. You know, the coaches aren't there. My friends aren't there. The girl's gone now. I'm here all along in my deepest, darkest moment. And all I could call out to, everybody was gone. All I could call out to was... You know, that person that, you know, someone shared with me in the FCA locker room at one point was Jesus. And I cried out to him that night for the first time ever. And somehow he heard my cry, but he used some man in a pickup truck who was actually an off-duty officer to to pick me up and throw me uh, in his truck and get me to the hospital. As I was laying on that cold cement surrounded in a puddle of warm blood, it was just crazy. It was the darkest moment of my life, but scary. But that was where the first seeds were planted, sister. And then I became a prodigal son at one point. I may have been a false convert. I don't know. But (laughs) acting a fool again. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, you name it. And yeah, he captured me again later. You know, I didn't know that much, that whole part of your story about Soldier Boy and, and living in California and kind of having that wild life. I mean, I, you know, because you were just Rashawn that was on the same trip to me yeah. with me in Israel, <laughs> who had just met his wife or just gotten married. And so I just, yeah, I, that is, a. I think it's super brave, everything you wrote and start where you are. But I just, what an honor to, for you are honoring us so much by sharing that much of your story. Well, Annie, and I'm I'm thankful that you would even give me an opportunity to share. Like you have been a huge part of even just the joy factor of my salvation. Like, so I thank you for that. You were there at the very beginning, you know, showing me how it's okay to to because it felt like when I first started walking as a Christian, I was like a rock stack and it felt like legalist in a way, because I just didn't know. I didn't have much understanding. But those trips, those moments I spent with you, you really showed me what it looks like to one, be grace driven, but also to really entrust 
you know, yourself to Christ, what it looks like to entrust yourself fully to Christ. And you like live that through your books and through your podcast, everything. So I really appreciate you, sister. Thank you, buddy. Tell me what your experience was seeing Israel when you had just met Jesus for the real, for real, for you, you know, like what was that trip like now that we're four years out? What are you thinking back when you think and reflect on it? Yeah. So when I reflect on it, one, I'm extremely humbled that, you know, Israel Collective won and, you know, Raj, Josh, the whole crew would invite someone like me and that door would be open that God would, you know, make it happen to where I can be there. But what it did for me, it really gave me this uh, experience where, like, I could actually, I literally taste and see how good God was. One, not only through the amazing foods and going to the different places, but, you know, when I got back in scripture months later, it was actually real to me. Like I've yeah, been there. Yeah. You know? And it was like, whoa, like, are you kidding me? Like, man, I was just there and I'm able to, these words are jumping off the page to me. And it's it's like I'm sitting in the boat with Peter right now, you know, you know, Galilee or wherever it may be. But it was it brought the Bible even more alive to me by going on that trip and experimenting with other believers, you know. So I'm I keep saying to people all the time. If you, as soon as we're allowed to fly places, you know, please go to Israel. Don't wait until you retire. If you're retired, go, but just don't wait because it has so deeply impacted my relationship with Jesus. Yeah, so true. Deeply. Yeah. You remember the Holocaust? That was one of my biggest, uh, the Holocaust know, Museum that was there. Moments. Yeah. yeah. Wow, eye-opener. Uh, yeah, for real. I mean, the night, I my clearest memory with you, I mean, there's a lot from that trip, but is the night you told us about how you met your wife when we were all sitting by the sea of the, I think we were sitting by the Mediterranean, maybe? Yeah. We were, we were getting ready to come back. We were in Tel Aviv, and we were sitting by the sea, and you told us a story. Will you please tell everyone the story of how you met your wife? Definitely. I would love to. So She's so that, lovely. Oh, oh, thank you, Annie. Uh, she is. That's my butter, buttercup. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Puerto Rican buttercup. But uh, I met her. So this is how we met. I was on military training, you know, uh, fresh start, you know, as a believer, just trying to figure things out. Wasn't really looking for a girl, but I was called to doing, you know, a little bit of ministry online. I was a a little preacher on uh Snapchat. Yeah. I would share these little Snapchat sermons and you know it began to get a little bit of traction on my social media. You know, a lot of the people had just seen my journey, you know, back when I was out in LA doing things and I would just share the little intimate moments and things that God was showing me. And needless to say, my wife was one of the followers. And somehow, some way, Somehow, some way, she DM'd a brother, but it wasn't the way you would think so. <laughs> the way she DM'd me, she was basically just uh, asking, hey, can you share with me a little bit, uh, elaborate on that scripture or something you had shared? And of course, I had to take it from the scripture to like, I want to get your story, girl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> she knew what she was doing. She's like, uh, let's talk about the Bible. Listen, I've been in youth group long enough. I know that move. <laughs> I want to hear how you got to the Bible, yeah, baby. That's right. That's right. Oh, I love so it. So we got on the phone and literally. And was she living in Puerto Rico still? Is that right? No. Well, she had actually just moved uh, not too long ago to Tampa, Florida. Uh, yeah. Uh, somewhere out there. Or St. Lucie or somewhere. Okay. But uh, we end up, yeah, having a conversation. Um, Ten minutes turned to an hour. Hour turned to 
four hours, then four hours turned to like six hours. We talked six hours straight. Um, and it was just a beautiful thing. And from there, we sort of never looked back. <laughs> it was a wrap. Yeah. And now you've got two little guys. Woo. Hey, I didn't tell you, but we got one in the oven. We got <gasps> a baby. No way. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that crazy? It's real. That is awesome. <laughs> I love that that just happened live on the air. You're like, we're yeah. having another. There we go. I'll bust it out there. That yeah. is amazing. Okay. Talk about the first two. Tell me what you, what they're like. Well, I do have a blended family, so I haven't, yeah, I should have told you that a while ago, but I do have an older son. His name's Jarrell, and he lives not too far from me. I'm so grateful, uh, you know, for him and his life and everything God's doing through him and us, our family. And how old is he? Um, so he's nine years old, and uh, I got a, a Aiden. He is two and some change, about two and four months, and then we have Eli, who's right behind him at a year, and of course course the baby in the oven but i did not realize yeah babies pop out like hotcakes <laughs> it's fun though <laughs> so y'all gonna have like three under four yes yeah yep. wow <laughs> i just yeah. love it i absolutely love it okay tell me what you know about god because of your three sons and the one on the way tell me what you know about god that you didn't know before you were a dad man i would definitely say um it's okay. Like for me, I got to remind myself, I got to release my kids, even though it's so early off, I got to release my kids into a, a, the hands of a father, you know, to into the hands of my father every single day. And I need to be led by him every single day because, yeah, just the love of that I felt, you know, as a son, I want to give that to them and allow God to use me to to do that. And it's just a growing thing for me. I want to model Christ, but also want to have the moments, keep those moments in mind where I can be a great example, a discipler, and also disciple so they can see that. But yeah, I'm growing, growing in as a father though, every day. Yeah, I would imagine it. I, I just had another dad in here with me that also is, has three sons. And he was talking about how much better he understands when he makes mistakes and yeah. that God's just, okay. Like when you, when you reconnect with the Lord, the Lord's like, okay, you're going to be fine. We're going to survive this. Like where we feel so guilty, but kids don't ever think about that. Yeah. They're all right. So true. Yep, Exactly. That's a good word. I know. I loved it. Um, okay. So you're also raising three young black men. Yes. In Ooh. 2020. Yes. What What is that? I mean, the you know, your two littlest are little, but your nine-year-old's nine. Yeah. How, what's it look like with your three boys and especially, and you being a black man as well? Like what kind of conversations are you having that you didn't think you'd be having five years ago? So I know um, one thing it is totally different. A lot of things have shifted, especially with this racial thing. And I'm still discerning and asking God to give me, you know, uh, the wisdom to to love my family and lead my children well. And I think one thing that I'm bringing up to them, I want them to be saturated in, you know, a community uh, that will love them, you know, aside their skin color, you know, and whatever, but also have them you know, see white men, black men, you know, Asian, Puerto Rican, Filipino, whatever, all in one community, like diversifying, you know, who they're seeing in their communities uh, and watching other men of different color love their families well and lead their families well. So I'm just trying to expose them to, yeah, one, the body of Christ, but not protect them too much to the point where they're not understanding 
what's going on. So having conversations is huge for me, especially my nine, my nine year old. That's who I'm really uh, investing in in a heavy way, just talking about the importance of not just being at white table or black tables because he's mixed. So not just being at white tables, not just being at black tables or Mexican or, you know, Hispanic tables. I'm sorry. But literally being at tables of equality, like where everyone. Yeah, there's diversity. There's intentional conversations. And our hope is that that will mend the divide and sharing to them the truth and why it's so important not to go with what's trending and, you know, really raising them up in the truth of God's word and establishing them there. So yeah. that's been my hope and dream. And one of, one of the things we talked about ahead of time, you're so, um, you have such a fascinating take because you were shot by another black man and rescued by a white cop. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about that all the time. Um, like, because I don't want to get to the place and I've also been a quote unquote police officer, or, you know, sheriff officer. Yeah. And I was in the military. So I've grown up around diverse sort of, you know, environments and working environments and things like that. But um, one thing I know for sure years ago that I can't take back and it's just an experience. But, yeah, I was shot down by another black man. I was, uh, you know, my house that was ramshacked and broken into uh, was by my neighbors, the brothers, quote unquote, that lived next door to me broke into my house one night, pistol whipped my brother, hit him down, left him leaking at the top, out the top of his head. I got wow. hit with a bat. We went to the ER that night. I'm not saying I'm some angel. Like I've been a part of a lot of dirty, nasty things where I've harmed people in my past. Yeah. And I'm so glad that God redeemed and restored me and changed me to use my voice now. And my hope is that um, that we would understand that this could be a sense of systematic oppression uh, that, you know, the Black community deals with, but everywhere. You know, for instance, most of the assailants in Black communities are Black, just as if, you know, just in white communities, it's white folks. Like, right. you know, it's everywhere we have the issue. It's just more of a, a majority thing, I think. I don't know. That's just what I'm dealing with. But I don't want to minimize what's happening in sort of the police stations there may be not every it's a hard issue so it's so hard isn't it good cop you know yeah it's real i mean one of the things i love about you and i i think is you're doing beautifully right here and we and the thing we can encourage our friends is like having conversations where you have multiple opinions even in your own heart is okay yes like that is okay. We are all figuring this out. I went to lunch with someone on Saturday and as we were standing in line to get the burritos to take them back home, we were talking, we had our masks on. So we were talking about politics because no one else could hear us. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and the whole thing was so sweet and healthy and very like, yeah, I'm having this opinion, but I also have this opinion, but I also have this opinion. And and I just think the more we give each other permission and you're doing that for us, the more we give each other permission to go, man, this is... This is not simple, but this is complicated, but there is change to be made. Yeah, so true. That is so good. And I think that goes back to the defund, you know, defunding the police, quote unquote, that deal that's happening right now. I, I totally think that it's something that should happen as far as reimagining the system a bit. But I think to defund the police would be absurd, you know, uh, because I mean, I've been a victim of a lot of these crimes that are happening. And I know, you know, my neighbors have as well, uh, not necessarily right now at this moment, but in the past. 
But one thing I do know, sister, is that, you know, we all have these rights, you know, for safety and protection as tax paying citizens. And to take those away because of, you know, just these ideas, I think is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you're willing to talk with me about it and that we can we can just keep dialoguing. I think that's so important not to to allow your friends to have their feelings and have their thoughts and and let people keep circling back around about things. It just feels like that's what, if Jesus was sitting at the table, how would he let us talk about this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. which just feels really important to me. Friends, just interrupted this conversation with Rashawn to tell you about some of our favorite podcast partners, including Third Love. Listen, it happened again at dinner on Wednesday night where my friend sitting across from me said, Oh, yeah, by the way, and she showed me her bra strap because she loves Third Love just like we do. You know Third Love is designed for your perfect fit. They use measurements of millions of women to design bras with all-day comfort and support. And they're in over 80 sizes. Every Third Love bra is made with signature memory foam cups, no-slip straps, and a scratch-free band from cups AA to I, including half cups and bands 30 to 48. It is just my one of my favorite things that we get to tell y'all about and that y'all love too. If you haven't gotten one yet, go take the Fit Finder quiz. If you're not sure about your size, it's super easy. It just takes a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in just 60 seconds. And over 15 million women have taken the quiz to date. Third Love helps you identify your shape and size and find styles that matches your body. And they are so comfortable, especially now that we're going back to work, when there's things we got to do all day. Third Love is so comfortable and so many different great designs from modern stripes to lace that actually feels soft to the number one weighted 24-7 classic t-shirt bra, which is one of my favorites. You guys have got to check out these exclusive styles at thirdlove.com. Third Love knows there is a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our friends 15% off your first order, off the whole order. So go to thirdlove.com slash sounds fun right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash sounds fun for 15% off today. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Rothy's. Y'all know how I feel about Rothy's. I mean, this company makes stylish, sustainable shoes and bags for life on the go. They're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastics. Also, did y'all know they're making masks? I was with a friend a couple of weeks ago, and he had on a Rothy's mask. And I was like, I know it's made from plastic water bottles. (laughs) And he didn't even know. But man, it was the same seamlessly knit-to-shape design using plastic water bottles that are not going to end up in the bottom of the ocean, which I love. So they got shoes, they got bags, they got masks. It's no surprise, in fact, that Rothy's best-selling shoe, The Point in Black, has over 3,000 near-perfect reviews, you guys. I know. We adore them around here. Y'all know I've put in my order for those Camo Cat slip-ons. I am really about them. Rothy's comes in an ever-changing array of colors and prints and patterns and have a bunch of styles, too. So whatever you're doing with your day, there is a Rothy's that matches that. They are, like... Amazing, And they come with free shipping and free returns. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags and masks available right now at rothys.com slash sounds fun. 
That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash sounds fun. It's where style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. So head to rothys.com slash sounds fun today. And now back to the show. Okay, tell me, when we met and we were friends, and we were friends, we are friends, yeah, but when yeah, we met sure. and became friends, you had a you had books in your heart. I remember you were wanting to start writing. Why was Start Where You Are the right first book? Why is this one the one that we get first? Well, you know, back then, uh, your brother right here was writing all kinds of stuff yeah. that didn't see the light of day. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> after I sort of compiled, um, you know, years of experience, also grown in, in my knowledge of God and the grace of God and things like that, I literally was working in a jail or prison. This is what inspired uh, Start Where You Are. I was working in jails and prisons and things like that. And I would come across everything from, you know, the young lady who just got a DUI, who happens to be a Thunder cheerleader, you know, in the NBA. So she's doing great things. And I would talk to her. But then a little bit later, I would talk to the guy who's on the 11th floor in disciplinary segregation, the jail within the jail. And he's in there for murder. So he's looking at either life sentence or even a death sentence. And I would ask them these same questions. Have you ever considered um, walking with God, like me, knowing God and, you know, giving your life to Christ? And I would share the gospel and things like that. And they would always tell me the same thing. I might one day, but I need to get myself together. This isn't the time. Do you see where I am? Like, it was always this idea that um, they had to be this perfect versions of themselves to come to Christ. And that is the opposite of what the Bible says. Uh, Jesus came for those who are sick and, uh, you know, that need help. And he didn't come for those who have it all together. So that's my prayer for this book, that it will speak to someone, but also shed light on like, you're not too far to be reached. You're not too broken to be fixed. You're not too dirty to be unloved. Yeah, Christ is me. You right where you are. Even in this moment, you just got to respond. Yeah, one of the things I loved about your writing and about this book, particularly as I, you know, I told you I've read the first two thirds of it. I mean, there's just so much. There's like a lot of graphics. There's a lot of beautiful pictures that I think, man, that makes so much sense that that any of us can pick this up and go, oh, now I understand. Start with selfishness, end with kindness. And the two pictures are showing a man who's selfish and a man who's being kind. Yeah. Tell me, when you were creating this, I mean, that's like next level creativity. Did you see this in your head or did you have a, was you, were you and your publisher, Baker, who I adore. I love the people at Baker. Amazing. They love you too. It's, yeah, it's a mutual yeah. love. I know. I'm grateful for him. Okay. So tell but that creativity part, was that in your head? Yeah. Yeah. Literally it was an idea and I'm so glad it itemized. Like I was thinking from the standpoint, um, how could I literally visually captivate the reader yeah. through imagery and show this sort of picture of like, Hey, this may be you right now, but this is who you're becoming in him. Like, this is the transformation that I'm praying that this book would, you know, help, you know, as you bridge the gap from who you were to who you're becoming in him. And that's that idea of like starting where you are. We go up to go in uh, to to reach out to the world. But that transformation starts in our own hearts. So, yeah, whew, I, I really enjoyed that creative part of it. 
I did too. I was like, okay, Rashawn is not playing this book because, and you, I mean, the, you have to think about this a lot and I, and I want to think about it more, but when you think about 22 year old guys and the kind of books they want to pick up or any of us can read this, but I just thought, man, he's thinking about the crowd of guys that he knows and he disciples and he loves. Yeah. And it made it a more enjoyable read. Also, it was a little bit of quote unquote, maybe selfishness on my side because I wrote this book to the Rashawn, uh, like months after he I got shot down, or the months after I was in my home in LA getting ready to commit suicide. I wrote it for that guy because I knew I wanted to write it in a way, such a way that I would actually, if I were to pick it up and look in it, I would actually be attracted to reading it. And that was another uh, aspect that played into it as well. Because that's it, Rashawn. So many of our friends listening are either college students or need to find a Christmas gift for college students. Mm. And I'm like, oh, every dude, every dude will love Start Where You Are because it is it is a book plus. There's just so much else to it. Yes, yes. Uh, Thank you for that encouragement. That's so encouraging. I've never heard anyone, you know, speaking to it like you have on on the imagery aspect of it. I loved it. As soon as I mean, I'm telling you, as soon as I flipped to the first one, I was like, Rashawn's not dumb. He's (laughs) writing a book for for exactly. I mean, you know, everybody writes books for themselves. Yeah, they write for their crowd. And so on the first one, it says, "Start with pride, end with God's purpose." I'm like. That's an illustration of Rashawn. Oh, it's, yeah. it's you with exactly. your L.A. Lakers hat on and yeah. then you without where you shave off your goatee. I was like, I know that picture. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> so That's people hilarious. need to grab a copy so they can pick it up and see what I'm talking about. What does your wife think about you having a book out? Uh, she's extremely excited, but she's also shocked, you know, yeah. because she knows me better than maybe the Holy Spirit. And no, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> really She'll well. call you out quicker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's dazzled by God's goodness because a lot of times I would always talk to her about you know one all my insecurities of writing a book. You know, I didn't you know have this great grant. Like I can't write really well. I didn't ever read a lot because I was so ashamed of what my teacher told me years ago. Uh, but awful. I knew I did have a great message, a story to share. And I'm so glad that God, by the, by the grace of God, he worked it out to where, yeah, it, this book has now came into fruition because, yeah, my wife is just blown away um, at the finished product now that it's actually done. I'm so thankful. I think that's a huge thing for people to hear, Rashawn, is that you never felt naturally like a writer. Writing doesn't come easy for you, but you knew you had a story to tell. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I would imagine there's a lot of our friends listening who think, man, my story is really unique. And my story, God has done something in my life that I would love to share. But I had an elementary school teacher that was a jerk and or or I didn't do well on my SATs and or someone one time told me my story wasn't good. What's your encouragement for people who have heard those same messages that you've heard? Totally, totally. And I, oh man, I hear because I was, I was that person. So I hear you. I hear you first and foremost. But number two is just think about it. One, people will learn from you when you write a book, but also they'll be touched by you. And it's a way to memorialize sort of um, a conversation that will last, outlive you. So don't be selfish enough to hold back what God's already placed in you to impact the world. So I would encourage you with that. I know it's kind of, you know, a tough uh, word to swallow, but 
Yeah, just let let go and unless to share an opportunity, you got to share the obstacle. You know, to share Ooh. a testimony, you got to share the test. To yeah. share the message, you got to share the mess. And I would tell them just just vulnerably open up and allow God to use you and really lose yourself in it. How did you find someone to kind of partner with you? Like, how did you did you have a friend that was a good writer and you went like, help me get started on this? Because I think so much so much work and good comes from getting your community involved, too. Yeah, totally. Um, so I, I had tons of pastor friends and uh, authors that I came across, such as you as well, Annie, that contributed tribute to a lot of what I've, you know, even done along the way. It was just always saying there's hope. Like all these people have stories. They didn't start, you know, immediately writing down and putting on paper the things that they've experienced and what God is showing them. But um, it was awesome to, yeah, finally get people to come alongside me um, and actually be intentional about pouring into, you know, not necessarily the, the gift of writing I have, but Rashawn as a person. And those little encouragements would drive me uh, to getting on the, you know, on the computer to write and yeah. things like that. So, and truth is, uh, you know, your book is only one of the ways that you are able to share your story, and I think people need to hear that too. I'm gonna read. Okay, here we go. You're the founder of I'm So Blessed Daily, and without. Walls Ministries. You write for the God's Not Dead blog. You host the Scriptures and Stories podcast. <laughs> you serve with Craig Rochelle on the Life Church, you know, the Version Bible app team. I mean, literally, you are giving content, for lack of a better word, all the time. So, oh, man, it's crazy. So book is just really one of the ways that God's using your story, right? Yes, it's one of them. And so tell me tell me about your podcast. Talk about scriptures and stories. Oh, uh, scriptures and stories. It's just a podcast like I didn't know what I was doing when I got it started, but I did know one thing. There's so much power in a story and not only just a story, but a story that God rewrites. And I wanted it to be something where people from all walks of life, um, you know, would come on and they would just share their testimony, you know, like I know that seems really, you know, sort of mundane, but it's never mundane with God. He can do miracles out of someone's testimony. And I'm so thankful uh, that we've been doing it over a year and a half now and um, also bring on guests, um, which has been phenomenal in just their stories, hearing about, you know, their books and, and things like that. And I need to get you on ASAP. I I listen, I'm ready. Let's go. I would love it. Yeah. What are you learning from hearing people's stories? Uh, so I'm learning all types of things. Uh, so the first thing I would say is there's many plans that we've had in our lives, many plans. Like I hear people share so many different plans, uh, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And that goes back to Proverbs 19.21, like everyone that jumps on, you know, the podcast shares about these crazy experiences or even just simple experiences that make all the difference in the world. But it's amazing how God, you know, redeems the pain and he uses the, that pain as a perk to point us to Christ. Yeah. 
people's stories. So it always amazes me when people, even, even you and I, when we tell our stories where you go, yeah, I was shot and I laid there and then a guy picked me up and you're like, well, that took you eight seconds to tell us what was 20 or 30 minutes of your life, you know? Yeah. Or when people say I prayed for healing for nine months or for 12 years or whatever, and they tell it to us in one sentence. But what we know is that God was telling a story that whole way through. Mm, Yeah. There you go. I'm always like, man, don't underestimate how quick you can tell a story once you're finished with it. (laughs) (laughs) So true. When you're in the middle, there's nothing fast about praying for something for nine months or 12 years or whatever. (laughs) So true. That is good, girl. (laughs) What is it that made you want to combine scripture and stories? What, What is the, we've been talking a lot about the gospels here on the podcast. What does scripture mean to you? Yeah, scripture, I think, is the foundation of everything. It's the foundation of life. It's um, where we find out about this omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-seeing God who's infinite in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. But it's as simple as, you know, giving us the roadmap to, to life, you know? So it gives us all that. And I think it's important when we, you know, really take our stories and see how it lines out with what the Bible says Um, I know a lot of people, you know, they may not ever pick up a Bible, but they truly can see God's story unfolding in and through your life. And I just think it's so cool how the Bible is really alive. Like that changes everything. And um, yeah, our stories are as well. So I I don't know. I love encouraging people like, hey, listen, I don't know where you are with God and I don't know how you feel about the Bible, but I bet if you'll just read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, then then we can talk about (laughs) it. There you go. (laughs) You just get in it and you see what happens. I don't have to convince you of nothing. (laughs) Exactly. That simple. (laughs) So what do you do with you version? Because all of us have it on our phones. I mean, everybody's got that app. What is it you're doing with that uh, on that? What did it say? It was like a team of some sort. Yeah. So the past year I've been serving on their global outreach team, uh, basically helping spread the message of, you know, the platform U version and also Life Church, Craig Rochelle, all those platforms for the past uh, year. And it's been incredible. And what we do is share uh, their content on our outreach pages, our ministry pages with hopes, not to just add to their numbers, quote unquote, but to actually, you know, reach people with this amazing sort of, you know, amazing uh, app that really impacted me. And so wait, so I consider it a a joy and I'm humbled that I can even work with them, you know? I just love, I mean, Craig Rochelle is one of the good guys, right? Yeah, yeah, he is totally. (laughs) He's amazing. I was talking about him yesterday because for people like us, Rashawn, you and I that are kind of coming up behind that generation, I feel like we keep watching pastors and Christian leaders be secretly blowing up until they publicly blow up, mm, you know? And yeah. then you look and, and everybody's sinning. I mean, there ain't nobody who's not messing up, but yeah. there are a couple <laughs> right. of pastors like, uh, you know, I'll say their names and hopefully this will continue to be true, but like Tim Keller or Craig yeah. Rochelle that you're like, or Beth Moore or Priscilla Shire, where you're like, no, I've watched them for decades. Mm. And they still love Jesus. I feel like that's, I mean, do you feel like that's true getting to work with Craig? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. He's so steadfast. And if you knew some of the stories like here that I would like, cause I live right here, right across the street, actually from Life Church, which I'll is really you. I can walk, you can like, walk to work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I actually work from home, which is really cool. Yeah. Cause I'm a contractor. 
contractor. So like, but I'm still, you know, a part of the team. But here's what's cool. And also really crazy because I went into a bank, my wife's bank, and the lady who was working there, setting her up, getting her good to go, uh, found out, you know, that we're partnering with Life Church on different levels, doing things. However, she told me a story how there was an atheist in Craig's congregation at one point uh, who was actually a Satanist. I mean, I'm so sorry. Oh, he wow. was a Satanist. Yikes. And he wanted to he wanted to actually kill Craig. Like this crazy story. He wrote a book about it and everything. And Craig, he still acknowledges this. They're really good friends nowadays. And he goes to the church, which that shows you what God can do. Like literally start where you are, right? Right. Isn't that wild? And uh, they're good friends now. He's written a book, but we talked about just that story and how that all came to be. It's wild what God can do. But yeah, I brought that up because it's, it's just crazy to see Craig's perseverance, even through like when people were trying to wreck him locally right here in our home, in our backyard. Isn't that amazing how God, nobody can stop what God God is doing. Yeah, that's right. There's just something about like, and and if I, my guess is if we ask Craig Rochelle, I, I'm one of these days when he's on here, I'm going to say, tell me about what it was like when you read the Bible in your thirties. Because oh. my guess is if we just stay faithful to the Bible and stay faithful to Jesus, we're going to get knocked down a lot, but we're going to be all right on the other side. Mm, mm. Right? Yes, every- I got to believe that's true. Yes, sister. That is so good. We need to hold on to that. Yeah. Okay. Tell me, I'll ask you two more questions and I'll let you live your life. Tell me about your wife's ministry she has. Awesome. So my wife, she has this heart to see women and all believers, but women set apart. You know, she wants women to experience uh, the joy of being set apart and embracing that, you know, just everything from uh, just staying pure, like speaking over their lives, because she's lived a life where literally she was the same way I was, you know, looking uh, for the promises that sin offers, you know, like excitement and fun. But the problem is at the end, it delivers pain and tragedy, you know, and she wants to see women set free from um, from, you know, living in compromise rather than conviction for Christ and what he said about you as a daughter and yeah, things like that. So that's her heart. Beautiful. People can look her up. We'll, we'll link to all of y'all to both of you and your ministries. We'll link to Jesus feed, which is you as well as uh, your, wait, what's your other one? I know it in my heart. Uh, That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Hype, sir. Um, But then hers is set apart daughters. Yes. Uh Which is just beautiful. It's really beautiful. Rashawn, you're great at this. When are y'all going to come to Nashville though? That's the real question. You know what? We were just in that area. No. What's that place called? Rock City. Last oh, y'all week. went to Rock City? Yeah. How come? We were going to sneak up on you last week. <laughs> remember? And then That's we right. said, let's still go down there and have fun. So we went down there. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad y'all yeah. did. That's so fun. Do you want to move there, Annie? It's Why'd you do that? I know. <laughs> she wants to move to, to That's it. City. Y'all just need to come on. I'd love it. We can we can have all your podcasts. The Set Apart Daughters, yours, mine. We can all do it here from the That Sounds Fun Studios. Let's go. We can That's handle awesome. it. Um, <laughs> hey, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? Uh, yeah, I just want to speak to that person out there, whoever it is that uh, – uh, your bad resumes aren't too bad for God. You know, a lot of times uh, we think, you know, God can't handle our dirt. Listen, take it to him. Take it to him. You know, he saved Kanye, right? He's mighty, right. mighty to save. Right, <laughs> you know? he is mighty to save. 
But uh, yeah, no, no resume is too bad for God. So bring it to him. You're messing everything and he'll watch him love you through it and lead you out of it. And that's the hope. He's near to the brokenhearted. So go to him. Go that's to him, so God. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, the last question you always ask, Rashawn, because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what you do for fun. Also, you know what? I absolutely love taking my young boys. I love family time, but uh-huh. I'm taking my young boys out into nature or just walking. Yeah, just walking them. That, it's that simple. Really? I just love spending time with my boys and, and my wife, our family collectively. Sure. What? So if y'all go out on a walk, what's it going to look? Are, do you have a place right near you or do you have to go somewhere? We have several parks uh, in our neighborhood um, that are, you know, we try to go when we actually can encounter people. A lot of people go whenever there's not a lot of people, but we love just going there, finding ways we can just love on people. And, you know, there's been so many God things that's happened through just a, a small conversation starter. Dude, I love your shoes. Yeah. Or like, man, um, that smile you got, man, is awesome. Like, you know, and then we'll just start talking and things like that. Or your baby is so cute, you know, and things like that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, okay. But I haven't even asked you this. Do you think the boys are, are they showing up like athletes? Do you think they've got it in them when y'all are out walking and running or are they catching balls yet? You better go, Annie. Like, so my <laughs> older one is a, he is a macho, macho man. Is he? Uh, loves already sports he's catching footballs he's like two running and tackling and really doing well now the other one is a mama's boy an intimacy type little kiddo who loves he's already i don't think he's gonna pick up a football we'll yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> what about your oldest is he good at a good athlete as well He's actually very, very talented. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because he's my boy. Come on now. Yeah. But, uh, he's a basketball player and okay. he plays AAU ball, which he just won a championship down in Dallas, which I'm surprised they're still doing it amid COVID. But uh, he's doing great. I'm so proud of him. So proud of him. I really wish that one day, one of my prayers is that I'll be able to have him living in my home one day. But I know he's right where, you know, the Lord wants him with his mama. And I, I, I know that's important. And it's important to me, too. Yeah. That, okay. So you got a whole little basketball team coming Here up. Here we go. And one that's going to be so faithful to be there cheering in the stands, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you already know from the book, huh? That's right. Oh, Rashawn, I think you're great. Thank you for making time to do this today. I'm so grateful. And Start Where You Are is such a great book. I'm so proud of you for writing it. I'm so grateful it exists. Thank you, Annie. You are amazing. I'm so grateful for you. God bless you and your ministry, sister. Thank you, friend. Oh, friends, isn't Rashawn cool? I'm telling y'all, you've got to go follow him on social media. See his family, see how cute his kids are. And there's just so much to learn from him. His new book, Start Where You Are, is available now. So make sure you grab a copy of that. If you need anything else from me, I am embarrassingly easy to find. You know this. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. I hope you have a great holiday weekend if you're in the U.S. I hope you have a great holiday today and got some rest in. And we will see you back here on Thursday with my friend and one of our favorite pastors, Levi Lesko. So we'll see you guys on Thursday. Y'all have a great week.